Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to another episode of the Mildly Interesting Podcast. Uh, this episode, we actually have two updates for you. Uh, we're going to update you on the Iranian protests uh, and their the current situation uh, right now. And we're also going to talk about the Russian-Ukrainian war, specifically the missiles that hit a Polish village just within their borders. Uh, if you like the stuff that we do, of course, give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, hit that bell on YouTube, subscribe to our channel, uh, follow us on Spotify, rate the podcast as always, and we have a website as well, uh, mildly-interesting.co.uk. But without further ado, my name is Akash Lush. And I'm Jules Sanch. And this is Mildly Interesting. Seriously, just smiley interesting. Now, we are all obviously watching the Russian-Ukrainian situation with anxious eyes. But up until now, it's been somewhat a self-contained situation where the combatants are really only Russians, sort of far western forces, and the Ukrainian military. So up until now, it's been somewhat of a contained situation, but that's all up in the air uh, as just on Tuesday evening, Poland's military was placed on high alert after a missile landed on its own territory, killing two people. It came as both Russia and Ukraine had just freshly fired some missiles, Russia firing dozens of missiles at targets in Ukraine, and the Ukrainian forces uh, shooting missiles to sort of anti-missiles, missiles if that makes sense, uh, to shoot them down. Um, now, early reports have said that uh, the NATO chief uh, Jens Stoltenberg has said that Kiev's air defenses were quote-unquote most likely to blame. However, Ukraine's president, uh, Volodymyr Zelensky, has said that he has received assurances from his top commanders that it wasn't, quote-unquote, wasn't our missile. Um, so, Santos, what do we know? How much of the situation do we know? And how certain are we where this missile came from? So, the answer to both of, of those questions is not much. So we don't know much about it, and we don't know much about whether it came from Ukraine or Russia. Uh, the fact that the UN chief secretary is saying that it probably came from Ukraine is kind of a uh, sort of guarantee, I suppose. So if if that's anything to go by, I suppose that's what you could say. Um, so it's believed, so this is, again, not certain, but it's believed that the missile came from a S-300, which is essentially anti-missile um, sort of weaponry. Uh, and essentially the speculation is that uh, Russia was targeting sites in Ukraine that are close to this side of the Polish border. So they're within 10 kilometers, I, I think that's what I read. Uh, and so obviously Ukraine trying to defend itself fired anti-missile missiles. And, you know, 
one of them probably ended up going rogue. Uh, and it was just an unfortunate accident, I suppose, is the, um, the narrative here. Uh, although, you know, where it came from is obviously very important because it, it just decides whether this was, um, you know, meant to happen, whether it was a test or wasn't, but sort of the consequences, I think, are what are most interesting about this because obviously... If it were from Russia, um, it would have been a completely different can of beans because, you know, they would activate essentially Articles 4 and 5 of the UN Charter. And, you know, Akash, why, why don't you tell us, what's, what are the Articles 4 and 5 um, of the UN Charter? So, <clears throat> Poland is obviously a member of NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, a political and military alliance of a total of 30 members uh, that's spanning most of Europe and includes uh, the USA. Um, article, so this is a political and specific and military alliance. Um, it was formed kind of during the Cold War in order to stop the rise of communism and the influence of Soviet Russia, obviously during the Iron Curtain uh, over Euro most of Eastern Europe. Um, now, it's, it, it, it's, it's very interesting because articles four and f Article 4 is not too crucial or not not critical let's say for lack of a better term but um what article 4 is is it when a member state invokes article 4 it begins a process uh, which leads to consultation between the member country or countries with nato's most senior decision making body the north atlantic council or the nac meetings of the nac actually take place very regularly um, to discuss, you know, uh, sort of the ongoings of the organization and sort of the daily running of it. But Article 4 makes NAC, the NAC prioritize this specific member country, whoever invoked it, their concerns for consultation. Um, and their issue will be addressed immediately. Um, and the reason why this is kind of... Uh, the reason why people are speculating that this could lead to something more is because article 4 is a step on the path to a nato response should the nac consultation deem that there are grounds to move forward um so article 4 can be triggered when a member or members believe that their territorial integrity political independence or security is threatened and it has been evoked um, only on about seven occasions throughout the lifespan of NATO, so since 1949. Um, it was invoked in March by eight NATO countries following Russia's invasion of Ukraine, uh, and Turkey invoked it twice in 2015, uh, once in 2015, and twice in 2012, uh, with one of the incidents being its fighter jets uh, being shot down by the Syrian air defense. Um under the Article 4 consultation process with NATO and the NAC, uh, Patriot missiles were deployed into Turkey. Um, so, as you can see, Article 4 leads to, or could lead to, a response from NATO as a collective. And this could lead to 
a decision to invoke Article 5, uh, which is described as the cornerstone of NATO. Um, so this is NATO's collective defense principle um, that was developed to create a mutual protective pact in order to counter the risks, like I said, posed by the Soviet Union, particularly in Eastern Europe following World War II. Uh, committing to Article 5 means that each NATO member knows that if one of the alliance is the victim of an armed attack, each and every other member of the alliance will consider this an act of violence as an uh, armed attack against all members. Um, so to put it short, in short, if if you mess with one of us, you mess with all 30 of us. Um, so it, it's important to note that Article 5 specifically states that each NATO member is obligated to, quote, take the actions it deems necessary to assist the ally attacked. So even if Article 5 is invoked, it, it's not full out war. It's not everyone gets their hands dirty. Each It's up to each state to decide how involved they want to be and how much uh, aid militarily or financially they want to give to the member states in danger or who the attack was against. Um, so, obviously, with the wording of these, it sounds like it's very much a possibility that these could that Article Four can be invoked, and somewhere in the near future, Article Five could be invoked as well um santos what do you where do you where do you how do you see this playing out honestly how do you because if poland well first of all do you think poland will invoke article four and if so where do, where do you think it'll go from there i mean it's it's, it's definitely possible that uh, article four would be invoked here um which like you said would only call for a meeting essentially that's that's all it would do uh, and then all the countries will essentially decide, well, let's not start World War Three yet. So nothing would really come from then. If Article 5 is invoked, um, again, that probably wouldn't happen. Uh, I, don't, I don't see a future where that would happen, not because of this specific incident, just because, one, it's not really known what, where it came from, like, specifically. Two, it's believed it came from Ukraine, so... That's just, that's just counterintuitive, especially because it wasn't an act of war, and it wasn't. If that's the case, it was an accident uh, for sure. Um, and three, um, you know, as much as everyone got their got their uh, you know panties in a fire on that on that day, uh, even I did. Um, thinking, well, that's that's it. I'm I'm gonna be enlisting to the military, and I'm gonna fight for my country, comrade. Uh, that's essentially what everyone was saying at the time. But if you think about it for a second, you know, Russia has been, you know, in its attack of Ukraine has been in this middle ground where, well, uh, Ukraine is not part of NATO, so therefore they can attack Ukraine without, you know, a repercussion, without warfare repercussions other than, you know, military aid, uh, equipment, that is. Um, so if it were to attack a NATO member, it would just lose those privileges that, you know, in war mentality, that would not make sense, right? It, that would be foolish. And sure, Putin has made some, a lot of big mistakes in, in its invasion, but 
I think starting World War 3 isn't one that he's going to make anytime soon. So, um, yeah, in, in response to you, I don't think... Uh, in the future, if something else happens, uh, maybe. Article 4 may be invoked. Uh, I mean, you had in the G20, they were talking about it uh, essentially at length. Um, so, maybe, but Article 5, I don't think, would ever be invoked. Not for this, anyway. Going on from the very serious question of will NATO respond to Russian provocation, uh, we're going to, you know, turn it down slightly, turn it down a few notches, and ask probably the most stupidest questions we can think of. It's back to a classic segment of ours, uh, stupid questions. Uh, Santos, what, uh, what question have you brought to the table today? So I just want to preface this by saying uh, I don't know why we've um, sort of abandoned this segment. This is actually a really <laughs> good segment, and it's kind of flown under the radar with all of the other segments we've got. Uh, yeah. But yeah, but my dumb question. All right, let me start this off by saying you know the ocean, right? It's pretty deep. There's a lot of it, right? Right. Okay. You know sponges, right? Right. You know, the, the, the animals, you know, think of Patrick and, uh, and Spongebob, right? Right, yeah. Okay, now. No, sorry, it's not Patrick. Think of, well, Spongebob and Spongebob. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> um, yeah. So, how much deeper would the oceans be if sponges didn't live there? Mmm. That is... Huh. Exactly. Yep. I, I did not think of that. Wow. Exactly. So I think we've just uncovered what the sort of secret for um, Damn. fighting climate change is. Wait, so, but, so we put if more sea sponges? If, <laughs> if sea levels get too high, right. you sponge them up. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, you could, and then you can stockpile sponges, right? And then if you know, we start to have less ocean, we can just squeeze them up, and then we have a lot of <laughs> ocean. <laughs> okay. Okay. I have a question though. Go on. You take a sponge and you put it in the water. It soaks right. up the water, right? Right. Mm -hmm. But the water is still there. It's just in the sponge. <laughs> Listen, so, Akash, you know, you, you, you need to take the, that tinfoil hat of your head. Uh, <laughs> don't believe what... <laughs> don't believe what, right. the, what the masses are telling you. Don't believe what the government is telling you, Akash. Okay. Holy. We are professional in this podcast. Please act as such. Keep an open mind. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, <laughs> right. Okay. Well, how about you? Tell, tell me your dumb question. Go on. Okay, here's here's my dumb question, and I think okay here's okay. Hair, right? Hair. Right. We all yep. know and love it. As as most of our viewers can see, I very much love my hair by how much I'm trying to kill it off with color. Now, and I do have a here's lot. Here's the thing. Of that. 
here's the thing, right? Care, mm-hmm. like, okay. So hair in your nose, I get, right? Because it like, it kind of like filters the. It's supposed to like filter the air or something, or like catch, like the mu. Like all I know is hair in your nose has a functionality other than just right. bro- just it. It just is there, right? Here's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. I know eyebrows and eyelashes have a function. Because they, like, catch the sweat that comes off your forehead or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Here's, here's, here's my thing. Here's my thing, right? <laughs> Why do we have hair anywhere else? Why is that a thing? Like, it doesn't but- functionally need to be there. And everyone's like, oh, the hair on your head is to protect your scalp it's the yeah yeah but bald people exist and they 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 live fine lives like a fucking Dwayne the rock johnson <laughs> he's my man's bald as hell and he's living a great life better than mine and i have a full set of hair so why <laughs> do we need why have we evolved with hair on our heads it just doesn't make sense right because it just it doesn't and like so it's so the so same yeah sorry god do, do, do you want do you want the actual answer or do you want me to to, to support you in um you know being being a supportive friend what what, what, is, do, what do you what, actually want here I guess what's the science the science is uh, we have hair so we, we stay warmer through the winter it hmm. it also helps regulate temperature so yeah mm. <laughs> that that is the actual answer to your your question. Yeah. (laughs) So what you're saying is, functionally, my body Mm. is more adaptable than that of Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Is that what you're saying right now? Because if 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 you were to go, okay, if you were to go to Antarctica with Dwayne the Rock Johnson, you'd be, you know, better off from the cold. Mm. That's what that's what I'm saying. Okay, okay, I feel better now. I still I still stand <laughs> by my point and say this is okay. In reality, <laughs> I love my hair, and I hope I don't become one of those men that at thirty I immediately puffer fish and like lose all my hair. However, for the bit, I'm saying this: there is no good reason why we evolved with hair on our head, and I would not mind being a mr clean looking person mr that, clean <laughs> that just why why <laughs> why not uh you're just jealous of 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 the rock to be honest, that, <laughs> must be honest. I, that, that, <laughs> that's all there is to this <laughs> right so we often try not to cover the same topic it's all the same stories almost so closely together uh and when we last talked about Iran, that was only a few episodes ago, we went over the start of the protests, uh, what they were about, and what we thought would happen in the future. Now, um, I doubt any of us uh, <laughs> would have guessed that what happened would actually happen. But before that, if you need a refresher, um, here's w- what's happening, essentially. So although the protests had really started I don't know, in February, around February, with the teacher strikes, 
uh, the ongoing sort of like civil war almost, the civil unrest that we're seeing now, uh, sorry, in Tehran. And it was due to 20-year-old Masa Amini being essentially jailed by the morality police. And if you think such a thing as the morality police should not exist, then you're right, but it does in Iran. Um, so she was arrested and beaten to death uh, for not wearing the hijab as the government mandate in uh, Iran. After that, the protests about the hijab exploded, essentially. And over time, they transformed from uh, hijab wearing to the role of men and women in Iran. And now it's just essentially a protest about freedom, freedom of speech, of expression in Iran, amongst other things, obviously. So why are we talking about this today again, Akash? Uh, what has happened since we last covered it and why does it matter so much? So... Essentially, what we're seeing is the Iranian security forces cracking down hard on protesters, which they have uh, classified as rioters. And not only that, but we've seen them push this narrative that these people are not acting on their own accord. These, this is actually the influence of foreign entities. Um, I think the news story grabbing the most headlines right now is the fact that two boys, two children were shot dead by security forces during anti-government protests in southwestern Iran on Wednesday. Uh, state media, however, reported something a little different. Uh, they reported that seven people, including these two children, were killed by gunmen on motorbikes in a terrorist attack. Um, <clears throat> this is very, this is contrary to video footage and testimonies by uh, family members of the two children who were shot um, that shows security personnel firing live rounds, uh, killing Kian uh, Perfalak, who was nine years old, and Seper Magsudi, who was just 14 years old. At least 13 people were said to have been killed elsewhere on the same day. Uh, like Santos said, this is due to the fact that there have been waves of street demonstrations and strikes in major cities. Um, and it all started because of Masa Amini, but um, it kind of just the ball has kept rolling. And the most recent demonstrations were uh, in response to calls to commemorate those killed in a similar bloody crackdown uh, on November 2019, uh, where people took to the streets to protest uh, fuel prices. Um, so far, uh, at least 362 protesters, including 56 children, have been killed and 16,000 arrested um, as security forces have struggled to suppress what Iran's leaders have, like I said, classified as riots, according to the Iranian Human Rights Activist News Agency. Um, which has, they've also reported the death of 46 security personnel, although the state media is, again, they're reporting something different. They claim that these security personnel were killed by these rioters and other sort of terrorists um, funded by foreign, <clears throat> foreign forces. Um, so, where... What are they doing to these protesters, Santos? Because they've they've detained sixteen thousand protesters, and just a few days ago, 
a revolutionary court in Tehran found an arrested protester guilty of committing, quote-unquote, enmity against God and sentenced them to death for the first time. Do we really see this government sentencing 16,000 people and many more that they're detaining every day? Do we see them... Are we going to see mass executions? Right, so here's the thing. Uh, short answer, probably yes. Uh, and the reason for that is that Iran, as it is, is believed to sort of like execute more people uh, annually than any other country other than China, right? Um, so as, a, as it stands, uh, at least 20 of those protesters are facing charges that are push punishable by death. Um, and I, I just want to reiterate, by the way, the, the stories that we're covering today happened both on the 14th of November, that's the, this Iran story uh, of the first person being, um, you know, found, you know, quote-unquote guilty um, and punished by death. Um, and the Russia story happened on the 15th. So, this, like, this has yeah. been a week and a half for us. It's been a for busy us. week. <laughs> yeah, it's been a busy week for us. Um, so, the, the short answer to your question is yes, probably. Um, and by the way, I just want to clarify something because I saw there was a bit of misconfusion by the Canadian uh, government. I don't know if you saw that, but essentially, um, the official Twitter account for the Canadian government uh, tweeted out that there were fifteen thousand people um, sentenced to death in in Iran, and while the stories coming out of Iran are indeed bleak. Uh, it's not gotten this bad yet, and I, I, I really hope it doesn't. Um, so no, not fifteenth people have been fifteen thousand people have been sentenced to death. They've, there are sixteen thousand people arrested, and dozens of them are on trial, essentially facing charges that could amount to the death penalty. Um, this, by the way, comes after the Iranian government voted on an overwhelming uh, majority to. You know, up, upholds the uh, death penalty, which it makes it one of the few countries where it still exists. And yeah, this this is just um, this is just you know, just worse and worse news coming out of Iran. Uh, the only the only good thing though is that uh, protests just don't seem to stop, which is obviously a very a great thing. Uh, people are just not, you know, they're afraid. Uh, they're terrified, but they've still got fight in them, which is obviously inspiring to see. Um, and on the point that you made about the two boys that were shot dead uh, by uh, security forces, um, you know, even if it were true what they did, I don't think you can call a nine-year-old and a 14-year-old um, terrorists, um, regardless of what they do, really. Uh, they're nine and 14, that's not... Uh, <laughs> You know, even if they did do it, I don't, I don't think they actually know knew what they would be doing. So um, to shoot them dead is probably a bit of an overreaction, if you ask me. But yeah, it just doesn't seem to get better. Uh, I'm really hopeful for the protests and the way they're going. So hopefully it will get better on that end. But wh what do you think, Akash? Do you think it's going to no, get better from here? Do you think it's, it's going to get worse before it gets better? Like, you know, what's your supervisions for the future? I I think the last time we talked about this, I, I did say it's going to get worse before it gets better. And lo and behold, 
it has it wasn't hard to call um like you said an overwhelming majority 272 out of 290 members of uh, iran's parliament voted to uphold the death penalty and uh last week judiciary chief uh golam hossein Mosseni aj uh declared that key perpetrators of this what the government has proclaimed a riot um were should be identified as soon as possible and handed sentences that would have a deterrent effect on others um he warned that rioters could be charged with moharebe which is enmity against god as we've seen for the first death penalty that's been handed out um efsad filars which is corruption on earth and bage which is a bagi which is armed rebellion um all of which carry the death penalty in iran's sharia based legal system um and more than 2000 people have already been charged with participating in the recent riots so there's a potential that those 2000 people are already going to be fast tracked into being charged with one of these punishable by death crimes um we have seen s- the international community do what do they they do best and just kind of come together and make sanctions uh, the eu has imposed sanctions on about 29 iranians and three entities that it said were responsible for the suppression of protesters among those targeted were interior minister ahmed vahidi the morality police squad that arrested masa amini um, the provincial heads of law enforcement forces and Islamic Revolution Guard Corps. But for now, I think we've seen regimes as oppressive of this before, and history is known to repeat itself if you do not learn from it. And it seems like those in power in Iran have not learned from history. Um, because it's very hard to keep hold of a regime and continue a regime when you do not have the backing of the general populace. If history does repeat itself, and I believe it usually does, these protesters will one day be sort of celebrating in the streets for their victory. And hopefully um we're all obviously playing for, praying for iran uh but hopefully that day comes soon and with that we wrap up another episode of the mildly interesting podcast as always we hope you were mildly interested uh if you like the stuff that we do obviously go check out our website uh santos has painstakingly uh kept up with it um it's mildly-interesting.co.uk we have instagram and twitter go follow us uh we post updates and stuff like that some funny memes sometimes uh we go subscribe to our youtube channel hit that bell so you know when we upload and uh, follow us on spotify also hit that bell uh rate the podcast um you know uh just get yourself notified about whenever we have a fresh uh episode right out the oven so uh without further ado though i am akash lush and i was on and this was mildly interesting